0: All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin.
1: All Things Black presents Fanboys. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> I think you still might I might go get to the yams yet, yeah, man. No. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Yeah. Show.
1: Pew, 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 pew.
0: This is our weekly sports <laughs> podcast.
1: I'm Calvin. Over on the other side is DJ Garland. How you doing, sir?
0: Can I get to the yams? Yo, I've been going crazy with this whole yams thing. So I I I saw something on uh Twitter uh someone imitating uh, Louis Armstrong uh, singing Can I Get To The Yams. Can I get to the yams? <laughs> I see yams of green, yams of white. Yeah, man. I, I'm he good. ain't lying,
1: y'all, because he sent it to me. I, I was like, this man don't get over these yams, <laughs> I was about to just go uh, to your house and drop some yams <laughs> off,
0: because <laughs> Yo, it's so bad. Paula, Uh, My wife's retired, and uh, she does some uh, work part-time at um, the school where she used to teach, and uh, she was up there the other day. And she she's working with a girls group, and the girls was doing something. And one of the girls was singing, "Can I get to the yams?" Why did she call me on the phone? I was like, "Come here, I want my husband to hear what you're singing." The girl's like, "Can I get to the yams, <laughs> sweet snaps?" Like, oh uh, my that's my life, man. Can I can I get to the yams? <laughs> yes so fanboys can we get we're gonna get to the yams today
1: I hope so man listen you know how they talk about leaving stuff in 2022 we are leaving we the, leave the yams, yams. Don't in 2022 yams. if you ain't got to them by December 31st then you ain't getting to them
0: <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna stop y'all gonna give the yams some respect Now we taking that to next year, we gonna get to the games. We
1: gonna I, get to the games. If if we start off 2023, <laughs> with you say, "Can I get to the games?" We are shutting. That's the
0: group. gonna be the last broadcast.
1: <laughs> we shutting the
0: <this> group down. <laughs> we shutting down the studio. Just shame. like this. we shutting it down. <laughs> I had to walk and get some some cheesecake. That's a shame. <laughs> anyway, how I are you think, feeling, I, man?
1: Other than the games, how things going?
0: <laughs> things are well, man. Coming up to the end of the year, you know, um, you know, it's hectic because I, I'm in a great position where I work for a nonprofit, and they're giving us the last week of the year off, uh, with leave, and so that's fantastic. But there is one drawback. Everybody wants to meet before that last week and so um the last couple of weeks man my schedule has been slammed like several meetings a day because you know we're trying to hurry up and get some stuff done before we um head out on the uh 23rd and so i'm um, just thankful for it man you know it's the it's that season you know uh had the office party last night and we had a little something at the church and all those things and so yeah it's head and in a couple of weeks your boy will be turning 56 and so it's heading that way as well and so you know uh this is just uh, that season uh it's goat season goat season's coming up i just want to let y'all know y'all little sagittarius y'all go here i got know. enough. yeah y'all got another couple little days little sag and um it's about to become the season of the goat let me let me
1: uh top your flex a little bit because I heard you say you got the last week of the year off like because that's yeah, just normal yeah. for us. That's just what we do. Like oh, I'm, God. I'm sorry, y'all did did this just start for y'all? Like I'm
0: sorry. Well, you know, when I was in nonprofit, actually it's not the first time it happened to me. Nonprofits, you know, they're flexible. But the state, when I first started with the state, I ain't had that leave. And so I was like maybe one or two people sitting in the office. <laughs> The day after Christmas, just, you know, looking at Netflix, acting like I'm working. And so, uh, yeah, I I read a lot of books and magazines and uh, watch Netflix that uh, first year I was with the state because brother ain't had no leave. And so he had to sit there like,
1: "Uh, okay. Yeah, we get, um, so what's good for us, and we we actually got some additions to it. So of course, this is coming to the last week for us of working. Um, We usually just get off right, you know, we normally would have gotten off that Monday after Christmas and come back um, January the 2nd, which is a Monday. So Mm -hmm. they decided to add the 23rd for us. So we get off Friday, and then we don't come back till the January 3rd, which I believe is the Tuesday or Wednesday. Same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So they added two more days for us. But this week we got our Christmas party on Tuesday. So we go over to um, one of the other buildings from 10 to 12, a two hour Christmas party. Then we get released cool. the rest of the day. So we have really got a three day week work week coming up. Um, so, yeah, they they've added something. Now, one thing I will say about and we are actually uh, technically we're non and we are flexible. They they give us a lot of flexibility. So we get a lot of little perks. And then mm-hmm. by working as part of the city, you know, we get Christmas parties on Christmas parties. Right. Invited did to um, different places, different hotels and all. So, yeah, man. Um, so welcome welcome to the world of nonprofit. Now, yeah, yeah. The, the the one thing that the drawback for us, um, you know, you give a li- you you got to give a little to get some. Um we none of us unless you are, are our CEO, none of us are gonna be rich. You know, we make decent livings, but right. we ain't gonna be rich. You know how people be like, Yeah, you know, you work so long, you can top out at the nah, we ain't nah we ain't getting that. we right. We'll, right. we will unless you're the CEO, we will never get uh past anywhere past like i want to say low six figures you know what i mean sure, And, and sure. even to get to six figures that's only certain positions so sure you know. definitely but decent living so decent i don't living. complain decent living but we ain't getting rich so if you want to get just let you all know if you want to get rich and eh, the hospitality industry industry isn't where you're going to want to get rich but if you want to always have a job and be able to make a decent living and take those skills anywhere in the world. Hospitality industry is definitely a great spot, um, especially entry level. If you need a job, if you're college, whatever. You know what? Let me stop promoting my industry. Although, well, I you, ho- you hiring? hospitality industry um, since the pandemic was down, but now there are jobs that they're trying so hard to fill. Right. Um, I just saw something on TV not too long ago and the hospitality industry makes up um, probably about, I want, I think they said 10 to 12% of the workforce and they have plenty of jobs, um, available right now because the pandemic's not over, but you know, the scare's over. So people are traveling and different things like that now, but yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that alone.
0: Anyway, what are we going to talk about
1: today other than the hospitality uh, well,
0: industry? One of my first jobs was in hospitality. I was a bus boy when I was in college. Now, um, we're going to talk a little bit of, um, you know, uh, baseball, there was a couple signings that happened. Hey, even the Orioles signed someone to a one-year deal. So we're going to briefly tap on that. We're going to talk about your boy, little man, Colin Murray. He been told in that ACL and he's out for the season and You know, what's the future for the Arizona Cardinals? We're going to look at some basketball. Our boy, Steph Curry, he had a um, shoulder injury. He's going to keep him out for the next couple of weeks. It's looking a little rough for the Dubs. Uh, Paul Silas, he passed away. Just want to talk about that briefly. Also, the uh, NBA, they've renamed all of their top awards. They're in a reimagining phase with awards and So we're going to tap on that. Of course, we're going to get to, you know, the picks and, you know, look at Kyle's little little picks, how he did and whatnot last week with his little little picky picks and stuff. And of course, we're going to end with America's favorite segment. Come on, yo. And so to start off the show, we kind of wanted to um, just tap on some things, um, do kind of like a little retrospective of the year. We're coming towards the end of uh, 2020. Uh, 22. As a matter of fact, I was going through uh, some of the pictures in my phone. I was like, wow, I, I've done a lot this year. Um, You know, travel, different experiences and all. And, you know, uh, this is one of those experiences, this um, podcast. And so uh, something that we just decided to launch was like, hey, we love sports. Let's start talking about it. And, you know, here we are. And so um, I wanted to kind of tap on, you know, what did we think were some of the biggest sports stories of the year, and so uh, for me, just to start off, one of the biggest uh, sports stories for me this year was uh, the Brian Flores uh, suit against the NFL, mm, yeah. and the uh, continued lack of head coaching opportunities for African American men. You know, I think you know that is something that has really continues to shine a bright light on the lack of opportunity for. African-American men to coach in a league where they're over 60 percent of the players are African-American. But once we start to go up in management, once we start to go up in coaching at the other levels of the sport, the numbers drop uh, drastically. And so, you know, uh, I know Flores and that, uh, Steve Wilkes, is, who's um, coaching the Carolina Panthers right now, as a matter of fact, there's um, Thought that he may keep that job. He may be able to keep that, keep that job because the team's been playing well. Um, you know, hopefully it brings more exposure to it and it creates more opportunity. Um, and I even shared this last week. I think even at the college level, it's worse. I think we really need to be focusing on the college level as well, pushing these universities. A lot of them are state universities. With state money, it's not all private universities that are um, you know, not hiring African-American men, but uh, it's a lot of our state colleges, which our tax dollars support, that are also not giving fair opportunities as well. Out of, I believe, 14 available openings so far this season, in college football, only one of them went to an African-American man, and that was uh, Dion's job at Colorado. And so, um, you know, to me, that's still a continuing big story. And, you know, we will see what happens with Flory's suit, because, you know, the NFL just continues to show that it's just a, a business that looks out for its billionaire owners. And, you know, they're just doing some things that are just not right. But we're still watching the sport. Which one nice. for you, Cal? Um, so right now, my biggest story is the
1: actually one of the most recent stories, um, and that's the Brittany Griner story. Brittany Griner um, is probably, and, and of course, recency bias is going to kick in, but I think that is probably the biggest sports story of the year. I mean, it it went from sports to international relations, um, to the war between um Russia and Ukraine I I mean it just touched so many different aspects of life and behind all of that is a young lady a WNBA player that simply was trying to supplement her um, all-star or superstar rather athlete's income by going over to play in another country um, where she can earn more money. And sure. that's another thing it, it touched on the economics of the NBA and WNBA, the disparities against men's and women's leagues. I mean, it, it touched so many things it's just a huge story and no one, could have predicted that it would have lasted this long. She was she was over there for almost a year, um, you know, serving some time for something that you wouldn't necessarily serve that much time for here in the United States. So, yeah, the Brittany Griner story for me is probably um, the biggest of the year.
0: Okay. Uh, my second biggest one um, is definitely Kyrie Irving in the uh, Hebrews to Jews controversy, the uh, anti-Semitism uh, that we begin to see uh, not only out of him, but, you know, Kanye West. And, you know, to me, this really kind of opened up a to, uh, to a torrent of people's feelings about Jewish people. <laughs> you know, uh, especially on social media. I never knew so many people felt this way. I mean, these comments, these commentaries and these different things. I mean... I mean, people were really on the side capping for Kyrie. And um, I guess it's kind of scary that in this day and age, you know, people are laying low (laughs) in terms of their feelings. But, you know, when someone jumps out and says something, then, you know, all of a sudden it brings out everyone else. And so, you know... um, Kyrie, he hit the winning shot last night against the uh, Toronto, Toronto Raptors. He's been playing pretty much, you know, the team's playing very well, as a matter of fact. And um, he's, you know, resumed his career. And although he's playing with his tennis uh, taped up over the Nikes, his, uh, <laughs> Nike uh Nike dropped Is him. he playing with British Knights on his- <laughs> Right, game? He he's playing with pro kids. And so <laughs> Jack Russell's out there um, crossing people up. But, you know, it just really exposed a level of thought uh, that sometimes, you know, we got our language, our words mean everything, you know, and the Bible says, you know, uh, the the power of life and death is in the tongue. You know, it's really in the words that we speak that hurt. And so... um, maybe this will educate people about their words and educate people about, you know, their, their, their political thought, doing the, doing the research, as Kyrie said. And, you know, I understand our uh, African link to everything, um, all world religion, uh, culture, all of those particular things, I understand it. But, you know, there is a point where we have to understand that, you know, sometimes our language or our thoughts of how we think about particular people can be hurtful. And so to me, that was the, the second biggest story, you know, Kyrie and, and the whole anti Semitism uh, piece that came out of it. It's crazy
1: how Kyrie can be um, one of the biggest stories for the past five years, and none of them would actually mm-hmm. have to do with his play on the court. It's right. so crazy. So- it's,
0: it's COVID. I mean, it, <laughs> last year it was the vaccine, you um, know, it's, it's been it, the, the, the earth was flat. Yeah, Kyrie, just about every year.
1: Every year, <laughs> wanting out of Cleveland, him wanting out of Boston. Right. You know, just just everything. Um right, every my second biggest story is is I'm moving toward I'm gonna move to a sport that Garland is good at and one that I'm about to be <laughs> a star at uh golf. Um oh. the fifth tournament. Um yeah. that really tested the loyalty and morality of people like what, right. what golfers rather what's more important staying loyal um or chasing the money um you know there's a lot of controversy behind these uh middle easterners that run this tournament but they're throwing this money out and these guys are running to it uh phil mickelson being the top guy running to it um but then you got the golf tournament talking about how well this is not fair you should stay loyal but then hold on what let's look into your past pga what 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 are we talking about here so yeah that was such a huge story um and it was such a huge story because most people and I'm one of them that really don't pay attention to golf. This actually made you open up your, your eyes and ears just to see, you know, um, it, it also lets you know the type of money that golfers can make or weren't making. Um, because as you can see, even with this, although the PGA was a good living for a lot of golfers, they clearly were not giving them what they could have been giving them um, when the Live Tournament came around. And those golfers were like, well, shit, we can get paid millions all year round. You know, well, let, let's go for it. So, Live Tournament is one of my
0: uh, probably
1: my number two biggest sports story of the year.
0: Yeah, I just saw that the uh, COO of the Live Golf Tournament has resigned. And so I don't know how much. Yeah, yeah. I saw that this morning on the ticker on uh, ESPN. And so I'm not sure how much impact that has on the operation of the league. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that Saudi money and oh, also even uh, linking it to uh, the World Cup, you know, what's going on uh, currently okay. in the World Cup. And, you know, uh, that uh, Saudi money there. And, um, yeah, so it, it definitely open, money is king. And I don't care if you are making millions of dollars, you want more money. You want you want a million more. And so, yeah, definitely exposed where a lot of these guys are in terms of income. And some of them was equating it to freedom. You know, I had the freedom to play when I want to play and the money's better and all those things. But, you know, uh, I was told all money ain't good money. And so we have to watch that. My last one is the um, impact of the transfer portal in NIL. And, ah, and, yeah. Yeah. And college football. You know, really, I think this season we have seen a lot of player empowerment on the college level because, you know, um, really they don't have any freedom. I mean, when I was a young guy growing up as a fan of college sports, you know, if, if a player's never transferred. If they did transfer, you know, you had to sit out a year. Um, And now that, you know, you started to see all this coaching movement and players were stuck and then, you know, eventually they changed the transfer rules. And then we got the name, image and likeness. So players can begin to get some income as well, because, you know, these schools are making billions of dollars. Conferences are making billions of dollars off of the uh bodies of the college athlete and they basically had no say and what was going on for them and so nil gives them this opportunity to say hey i'm going to go to a place where i can make some money i'm going to go to play at schools if i, if I want to play here this year and then go here the next year i have the ability to do that and you know I, i've seen a lot of these old school coaches are like oh i, I don't like the transfer portal transfer portal because I saw Tom Izzo the other day, the coach for uh, Michigan State, talking about, yeah, you know, it doesn't give you the opportunity to fail. You have to learn how to fail in life. I'm like, whoa, hold on, guy. You have lifetime job that you can stay at Michigan State as long as you want. As a white man, yeah, you were given an opportunity to fail and to build up and you got a lifetime job. These kids with their bodies, you, you're not guaranteed that you're going to be able to play next year. You can have a, a catastrophic injury, it'd be gone tomorrow, your career gone down the tubes. And so I say, take advantage of it, do all you can, players, to maximize your your value and potential, even now. I definitely agree. Now, Tom
1: Izzo, um, the now retired Mike mm-hmm. um, the late Dean Smith, those types of coaches, I will actually listen to and have that debate with because. Um, Izzo has stayed at Michigan State, and Izzo has built up players. Um, same thing with Krzyzewski. Um, But if you're talking about if you go to football, um, and you're talking about these college coaches that can always go to whatever school they want to go right. to. They didn't have to wait a year. And can, I don't want to hear from you because now you're mad that the players can do what you've been doing. Right. Um, now, even with that, I still put a little asterisk by – Uh, Tom Izzo and late his last few seasons by Krzyzewski, because when you're saying that, well, these guys need to stay and learn the game. Well, you had, you started benefiting off these one and done players. So it's not like they came to your school and you were teaching them the game, uh, these in these most recent years so you know but yeah good for the players um another thing about the nil that i definitely like is that it's not just for the major sports it doesn't have to be basketball or football it can be baseball players lacrosse players tennis players it can be any of the sports um and then you can get local money and that's another thing that when we think about advertising money, we always think about the uh, national advertising money, but you can get local ad av- money, you know, restaurants, car dealerships, you know, give these kids an opportunity to make money off of something that the colleges have been making money off of. So, yeah, that that's definitely a good one. Um, my third one, man, it was such a toss up. Um, I, I have these and these are all individual stories and I'll just probably mention them a little later as um, you know some honorable mentions but I had to settle on one thing and that was the retirement of Serena Williams. Serena Williams mm-hmm. in my mind Major. is the greatest athlete of all time. Well, I don't hold it to just tennis and I don't hold it to just the female athlete. She's the greatest athlete of all time. Um Set aside all the majors she's won prior to having a baby, but let's talk about how she still competed after a pregnancy where she right. already died. Um, she was still winning then. Uh, how the longevity of her career. She is, and tennis is an individual sport. You know, I've had people say, well, what about? Players like Michael Jordan and all, and they are awesome athletes. Don't get me wrong, but that's still a team sport. Michael Jordan couldn't go out there and win six championships just as Michael Jordan. Right. Um, Serena Williams won everything on her own. This is an individual sport. Um, she does have some doubles championships, but we don't even count those in her majors. Um, so, Serena Williams' retirement is to me one of the top stories of two thousand twenty-two.
0: Uh, revolutionized the sport. You know, a sport uh, on the level of a Tiger Woods, a sport that is all white, that is a sport of privilege. Um, A girl from Compton and two girls from Compton pretty much revolutionized the sport and opened it up for the Coco Goths of the world and others who are now coming up and playing uh, the Typhos. Uh, you know those type of people that are now playing, and they're playing off the the backs and the it, the influence of uh, Serena and Venus. And so, yeah, I'm with you, Serena. Uh, just mega and not, and not to mention the Academy Award winning um, yeah movie, King, Richard. King yeah, Richard. Yeah, we, we forgot all about that. outside of the slap you know we forgot about that's probably the biggest story that's not a sports story but you know um yeah so you know yeah I agree with you kudos to her you know just her career and her influence uh among uh young girls young women uh and you know I think the impact is we're, we're going to continue to see it years down the road and so and just so, a um, mm-hmm. couple of
1: honorable mentions that I had in here that were big stories. The the fall of Antonio Brown. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just all season long. All year yeah. long. It's been crazy. And the last we've heard, he was in a standoff. I don't even know how that ended. I want to know. Um, Don Staley with South Carolina. The right. uh, back-to-back championships. Um, I got, even in the Olympics, we got some black women. Um, Aaron Johnson, that won first gold individual uh, medal winner in the Winter Olympics. And then we had Alana Myers, who was the most decorated black athlete um, in the Winter Olympics. So, you know, it's just so much going on, as with everyone, sure. so much going on with sports. Um, and, you know, of course, we kind of lean to black people. I mean, you know, all things black. Yeah, cause we kind of lean black. to black
0: stories. But mm-hmm. yeah,
1: you know, so just a couple of honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, I, and, and I was thinking even on the local level, uh, level, Calvin, I'm thinking, you know, the Orioles, the turnaround of the Orioles. Um Absolutely. Being a 100-loss team to uh, what they did this season, being in the playoff chase all the way up to probably about three or four weeks left in the season. That was outstanding. And Lamar's contract, you know, I think that's oh. <laughs> very big here. I mean, that's a daily discussion. I was at the office party last night, and one of the board members uh, who uh, – I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but it's like, yeah, I see that you have a sports podcast. Her question to me was about Lamar, what are the Ravens going to do about Lamar. And so uh, even today, we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen to him. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a major story. Hopefully it doesn't go with. into two, 2023 as major. If it goes right. into
1: 2023, which it likely will, it's just because franchise tag or something or they figured it out. I don't want it to go into 2023. and we sit here a year from now saying, yeah, Lamar leaving the Ravens because they ain't want to pay him. Lamar right. being traded. So hopefully it don't do that.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's not like the yam song. We ain't trying to take that too much further. And so, um, you know, show me the way. My Um, counter has
1: you up to 45. (laughs) 45 times
0: in the uh, 20
1: minutes we've been (laughs) on.
0: Can Lamar, get to the yams. All right, now uh, let's go ahead and talk a little baseball. On uh, Tuesday, uh, Carlos Correa agreed to a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants, uh, it's the richest ever for the shortstop, excuse me, shortstop position, and it gives the team a franchise-type player around which it plans to build. Sources familiar with the situation shared with ESPN's Jeff Passan, uh, the free agent path for Carrera, who's 28, was far less um, involved than it was last year when he entered the market in hopes of landing a 300 million-plus deal but wound up signing a shorter-term contract with the Minnesota Twins that included an opt-out after the first season. Uh, This offseason, Correa found uh, a market that lavished $300 million on Trey Turner and $280 million on Xander Bogertz, Far more uh, to his liking, he wound up with the second-biggest deal behind Aaron Judge's nine-year, $360 million contract with the Yankees uh the 13 years ties uh Bryce Harper's 330 million dollar deal with the Phillies in March of uh 2019 and like Harper Correa received a full no trade clause in a contract without any opt-out sources say and so uh we were holding out uh hope that maybe the Orioles would give Correa some uh big dollars but uh we kind of talked about last week uh what are some of the things behind the scenes we think are kind of holding this back, but um, the Giants pick up career and they're, they're right back in the mix. And so what did you think about that signing?
1: I think the Orioles are just the worst run off season team in baseball this year. That's what I think about anybody signing. That's above one year for big money that can impact the team. Everything comes back to the Orioles for me. But good for Correa,
0: yeah, yeah. In his one season with Minnesota, um, he hit uh, two ninety one. Uh, he had a on base percentage of uh, four sixty seven with uh, twenty two home runs, sixty four um, runs batted in in one hundred and thirty six games. And uh, and so yeah, he. Uh, did his thing, he waited out the market, and he got what he wanted. But hey, the Orioles did go in the market, though, Calvin. They reached a one-year deal with Adam Frazier. <laughs> the Orioles reached a one-year, $8 million deal with free agent, second baseman, outfielder, Adam Fraser. I'm going to ask you, do you know what team he played for?
1: Uh, he came from the Mariners, am I Oh
0: uh, Yeah, you're correct. Uh, he struggled to a, a 238 batting average last season, but he set career highs, though, in games played. He played 156 games, and he had 11 stolen bases. He's versatile in the field, having played at five positions, including 124 games at second base. So I guess this means the end of uh, Rufnet-Odor, because if they sign this guy, more than likely Uh, He's going to be a second base. I thought they were going to give it to Gunnar Henderson, but uh, it looks like Gunnar Henderson uh, is probably going to have to take at least third base because I I doubt if they're going to start start, uh, Ramon uh, Urias over uh, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, That's not my thought that that's going to happen, but we will see. So uh, what do you 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 think? Say it again. You never know what Brandon Hyde's going to do. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, Brandon Hyde, though. Let's give him
0: him that. You're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know they were playing Henderson at shortstop a couple games. I don't know. I I, I was thinking that was his natural position. I I know they were saying it was either second or third that he was playing a lot in the minors. And so uh, I know the shortstop was pretty good defensively, Um, but. I guess we will see where Gunnar Henderson is going to end up because if you're signing Fraser to that, my guess is that he's going to play a lot of games at second. And if you brought back Urias as they did, um, you know, he was your third baseman and he did well defensively there. And so my guess is that Henderson is going to be the shortstop. Well, I think they're also gonna move uh
1: Frazier to the outfield, the corner of the outfield a few times. Um Henderson actually, I believe they do want him at second. Um when there were a few games last year that they started him at second and he made some critical errors. Um apparently he's really just learning second base. He is a natural shortstop, I think. Um, shortstop at third. He's on the left side of the infield. Um so I'm not mad at the signing. Let me let let's be clear about this. I'm not mad at the signing of Frazier. Um, I don't like the one year deals that the Orioles keep throwing out here because clearly, um, when you're making one year deals, you're not signing anyone to be really part of the franchise. You're signing like a stopgap or someone that you think can help someone else. Um, the Orioles just are not making a splash. And coming off of the year that we had, the fans deserve a splash. I think we've talked about this. The, span, the fans deserve a big name signing. And it's like the Orioles are just running from these big names. And the worst part is, and we don't know, um, the winter meetings are over, so we don't know if this did happen. But the worst part is, we don't even hear any buzz that the Orioles are trying to sign. anyone. You know what I mean? If we, if we heard that um, they were in the running for Correa, but he decided to go somewhere else. If we heard they were in the running for Judge or Verlander uh, or any of these big-time pitches, but they decided to go somewhere else, we would feel a little better. But all we hear is that they signed Adam Frazier to a one-year deal. Right? It's like, wh- what, are, what are we doing here? Like, we want to build on what we have. And we don't need necessarily any more utility players to be your first signing. We need a big bat or a big arm in this and on this team, that's what we need. So it's just, it's so frustrating, man. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So we'll see if they're able to continue to build off this energy that they had last season. I mean, they have not, you know, we had our hopes and dreams. We talked about it on one of our previous episodes about, you know, we thought they needed a big arm. They needed a big bat and they have not added either. And so uh, we'll see what happens uh, when we get into training camp in February. And so, um Yeah, uh, I was expecting more Orioles, But like I said, I I really think this whole ownership pieces are definitely affecting um, their ability to go out and sign uh, big name free agents. All right, let's uh, move on to a little basketball. Uh, Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry is expected to miss a few weeks with a left shoulder injury, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnowski. Uh The Warriors announced on Thursday that Curry suffered a left shoulder subluxed – ooh, I can't say that uh, – a, a minor separation uh, let's make it that but did not provide a timeline for his return uh he suffered the injury with uh 2 minutes uh, left in the third quarter in Wednesday's loss uh, to the Pacers after attempting to strip Jalen Smith of the ball as uh, Smith drove to the hoop uh he immediately grabbed his left shoulder and continued to hold it as he ran down the court uh the warriors that called a timeout and he looked And he was looked at by two trainers on the bench. And a few minutes later, he went back to the locker room and was officially ruled out the game in the fourth quarter. He went underwent an MRI on Thursday that revealed the extent of the injury. They have not put a timetable on his return so far. And he was having a big game. He had 38 points uh, when he got injured and nearly half of the Warriors, 80 points at the time of his injury on 11 of 19 shooting, including five threes and a perfect 11, 11 from the free throw line. And so for the season, he's averaging 30 points a game, 6.8 assists while shooting 50% from the field and 43% from three. And so uh, this is a major injury. I mean, they've been struggling, particularly on the road Um, clay. He's been getting back into the swing of things, but he's, he's still not quite there. Uh, They don't have a lot of other scoring, although they had, um, you know, uh, the, the, the Warriors are just kind of like in a in a strange place right now. So w- w- what do you think about the impact of um, this injury? I mean, Jordan Poole, he's playing okay. But, I mean, um, you can't say Poole is Steph Curry.
1: Um, I'll say this again. and I, I put this out here, uh, I think, when we first started talking about the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. We did our little preview. Um, I would not be surprised if this is uh, Steve Kerr's last year as the coach of the Warriors. I would not be wow. surprised. And not that he's going to get fired. I think he's going to walk away from the team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, so it's so hard to say that the Warriors are done because we always think they're done. Uh, and as long as Steph can come back, they're always in it. Now, their issue is they're they're excellent at home, but with the way they're trending, they're not going to get a home playoff. That w- they may get first-round home playoff, but after right. they'll be hitting the road, and they cannot win on the road like um but I guess the goal right now is just to make the playoffs so that's your goal um it's really hard to say that they're not going to make it because depending on what Steph comes back he can guide them to the playoffs but without Steph um like you said Jordan Poole is not Steph um Draymond is getting into games getting one and two points again <laughs> like right. Draymond's impact is not there Clay is still um as I mentioned before after that long of a, a being out with that suffering that injury twice um he's not going to be the same player so golden state is you that they, they are in a weird place and that weird place is not being the dominant team that they're used to and no there's no like willis what's the guy's name uh willis Reed ain't coming out yeah <laughs> coming out the tunnel for him. right
0: Right. Yeah, you know, um looking at Steph's impact, um, he's you know, uh he has a impact on their shot quality when he's on the court. The team goes from the best quantified shot quality in the league to 22nd when he sits. And yeah. so yeah, that's that's definitely mega. And so we'll see how they survive, you know, will they be able to pull uh enough games together over the next couple of weeks to, to stay up in there? But You know, um, I think the teams at the bottom, they're not doing that well either. Uh, Your boy Street Clothes got injured last night, and uh, they're they're not quite sure how many games he's going to miss. Anthony Davis, although the Lakers won last night over the Nuggets, uh, he injured his foot in the second half and uh, didn't finish the game. And so they're uh, waiting for the results of the MRI to see. Uh, But I'm I'm sure he's probably going to sit at least 10, 15 games. Well, god damn. God. I mean, come on, come on bro. <laughs> he if you want a definition of soft, <laughs> you, you look up the definition of soft in Anthony Davis's uh pictures right next to it.
1: I hate all of you that talk about Anthony Davis because that's my Lakers and, and I need him healthy, but there is this um this TikTok account that shows highlights of games and they do voiceovers, but whenever they show Anthony Davis hit the ground, all they all you hear the sound effect is glass shattering. <laughs> I cannot stop laughing at it. I hate it, but I can't stop laughing at it. That shit is
0: hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 brittle. He's he's um He's Mr. Glass. You know, if you've seen the movie Unbreakable, uh, Mr. Glass was uh, Sam Jackson's character. (laughs) They call me Mr. Glass. Hey
1: man, wishing health to Anthony Davis. Lakers are my team. We we playing better. We 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 not the team that yeah. we were at the beginning of the season. We're playing a lot better. They're starting to get some cohesiveness, some chemistry. Playing a lot better. Uh, Ham is starting to get this
0: team rolling, man. Let, let's go. And what did I tell you? And when he went on that hot streak, I said, you know what's going to happen? He's going to break down. And show now on that <laughs> hot streak for for a few weeks. Yeah, one or two games. His body couldn't take it. <laughs> Street clothes.
1: He just needs a change, man. Stop going to Jiffy Lube. Uh, all right, Mr. Glass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mister Glass. Mister, I knew I had an arch enemy out there. <laughs> So I guess LeBron is unbreakable. He's the arch enemy because LeBron never really gets injured that much, although he breaks down a little bit. And so they got Mr. Glass, and he has his arch enemy on the uh, roster in LeBron because LeBron never gets injured. (laughs) All right. Uh, The NBA, on uh, Tuesday, they announced that they're renaming uh, its annual regular season MVP award after Michael Jordan the player who topped ESPN's ranking of the NBA's 75th anniversary team named last season. The league unveiled the newly designed Michael Jordan Trophy on Tuesday, along with five other reimagined trophies named after league pioneers that will now be presented to the NBA's end-of-the-season performance award winners. Jordan was a five-time MVP winner during his 15-season career, only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in my opinion, the greatest player to ever play the game, for whom the league's social justice champion award is named, won more MVP trophies, six. Denver Nuggets center, Nikola Jokovic uh, will retroactively receive the first version of the new trophy after being named MVP last season. In addition to the Jordan trophy, the other renamed awards are the Hakeem Olajuwon trophy for defensive player of the year, the Wilt Chamberlain trophy, for bagging the most women. I'm sorry, the Will Chamberlain (laughs) Trophy for Rookie of the Year, the John Havlicek Trophy for the Sixth Man of the Year, and the George Mikan Trophy for the Most Improved Player. Uh, Olajuwon was a nine-time All-Defensive Team selection who won Defensive Player of the Year in 1993 and 94. Chamberlain won both Rookie of the Year and MVP in 1960, averaging 37.6 points per game in his first season. Havlicek was 11-time all-NBA selection despite coming off the bench for several seasons through his career. Uh, excuse me, though his career predated the creation of the Sixth Man of the Year award in 1982-83. And Mikan was widely regarded as the league's first superstar, leading the Minneapolis Lakers to five championships in the 40s and the 50s and also the league announced a new award for clutch player of the year named after jerry west the logo who played in nine uh nba finals and remains the only player to win finals mvp while losing the series and so uh what do you think about and uh, last year they had already renamed a couple of new trophies we had the um They unveiled a updated Larry O'Brien championship trophy along with a new conference championship trophies named after Oscar Robertson and Bob Cousy, plus conference final MVP trophies named after Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And so uh, what do you think about the renaming of these uh, new awards?
1: I I think it's I I really think it's unnecessary. Um, Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, Like, it's just I don't really. I don't dislike it, but I don't necessarily like it. Um, one thing that you've done is you've taken sides in the LeBron-Michael Jordan debate. Oh, my um, God. Which, you know, I, most of us will agree that most of us in our generation will agree that Michael Jordan is the best ever, but you know, it's just uh, I, I don't, I just don't see the point of it. Um, and and are you going to rename him again if someone else emerges? You know what I mean? Like, And, and I think you've I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand the point of it. Did it need to be renamed? And why are you even giving Jerry West an award when he is the logo? Are you changing the logo? Like, I just, just.
0: Right. And just, uh, Jerry just, West is, uh, he's lost several NBA finals. He's only won one in his career. And so I'm not quite sure how clutch that is.
1: Yeah, it's just weird. It's just me. Now, I will say they, um, you were talking about the, um, the first Will Chamberlain Award of the most women, they were gonna name that, but Tristan Thompson's agent came in. <laughs> it's like, oh
0: son, my, my client is
1: on my client is on pace. Right. <laughs> All these
0: records. But I think it was gonna name it after Sean Kemp though, because Sean maybe is the person with that's, with the, the that's most the, children. Boy, that's the Rock the Cradle Award. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it's crazy for this debate about LeBron and Jordan, LeBron's only won two MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, nine and 10. I mean, he's had some monster years, but I mean, to me, it's not too much debate. I mean, well, well, now that I agree, but I understand
1: the debate. Now I didn't understand the debate earlier. I understand the debate now only because, LeBron went to eight straight finals. Now, Greg yeah, didn't win. We have to give him credit for that. That's eight straight finals. I mean, that's 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 an accomplishment. Um, So yeah. I understand the debate. I don't, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it's as close as people like to make it, but I understand the debate.
0: Yeah, uh, to me, I, again, Kareem gets jerked. <laughs> Kareem has the most MVPs of any player, but they've already named a trophy after him. And so the trophy that they should be renaming after him is not renamed after him. And so uh, boy, you know, Kareem always ends up on the, on the bad side of it. Um, Yeah. You know, to me, it's marketing, you know, it's, it's, it's something else to keep interest in the league. uh, And, you know, I'm sure they're tying it into something bigger, but you know, I, I just look at it as another marketing ploy. We didn't even know the names of these awards when they were giving it out. I doubt if we care. And then there's
1: player awards. So these are the NBA awards, but the players give out their own awards, which gets a little more um, press because they actually have an awards ceremony. Right. So
0: yeah. I- so it's crazy. I mean, and for today's NBA uh, fan, you know, we didn't see half of these guys play. I never saw Will Chamberlain play. Um, I did see John Havlicek. I'm old enough to say I saw Havlicek probably in the twilight of his career. And this had to be like 76, 77 when he was about to retire. And so this was not the guy from the 60s. <laughs> I never saw George Mikan play except on YouTube. And so um, and I never saw Jerry West play as well in his prime. And so, yeah, you know, um. I guess we just have to go with what they're saying, but I agree with you. I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, nobody's paying attention to that. All we care about is who won the ships.
1: Exactly. Maybe they're going to come out with the um, the Jordan two thousand twenty three MVP uh, MVP sneaker. So right, make- yeah. You're trust me, we're going to cost you three hundred fifty thousand dollars.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, and just uh, just want to acknowledge Paul Silas. Uh, Paul Silas passed away this week. Uh, He was a former player and coach in the NBA, one of the first African-American coaches uh, in the 70s. Uh, As a player, he was uh, NBA All-Defensive first team twice and second team three times. Uh, He was a two-time All-Star and winner of three NBA titles, uh, two with the Boston Celtics and one with the Seattle uh, Supersonics. And also he has the distinction of being LeBron Uh, James's first uh, coach when he entered into the league. And so um, his son is currently the coach of the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, If you saw ESPN the other night, they beat um, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, him and Monty Williams, you know, Monty Williams went up and hugged him, looked like he was giving him some encouraging words. Monty Williams lost his wife uh, several years ago in a car accident uh, when he was the head coach of the then- uh, I believe which uh what was the first New Orleans team before the uh the current team that's there they moved um, back to Charlotte. They were the the uh, Hornets. No. So they 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 were they, they were in Charlotte. They went to New Orleans to be the New Orleans Hornets, I think it was, and then they came back or something or the other.
1: Yeah, they just got NBA is weird sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird like that. And so rest,
1: rest well, Mr. Silas.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And Coach so, so.
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. I said well, Coach Silas. I cheered, yeah. Mister the Coach Silas.
0: Okay, yeah, and so you know he, you know, was he helped shape that uh, young group in Cleveland in the 2000s and uh, the future of a lot of basketball coaches. And his son is doing quite well in Houston, shaping that young team. And so um, just uh, want to acknowledge the impact of Paul Silas. Now uh, let's go ahead and uh, transition to some football. Uh, your boy, little man. You saw last week's game, little man been ripped up his knee. Little man, if you don't know who little man is, who I call little man is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, uh, he uh, tore his ACL uh, last week. And they, uh, who did they? I'm trying to look who see who they were playing. Um forget who they were playing. Oh, yeah, they were playing uh, the Patriots on Sunday night and uh, ripped up his knee. Uh, In the 24 games since Arizona started uh, 7-0 in 2021, the team is uh, 8-16. They were embarrassed by the Rams in the playoff. Uh, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins, he had to sit out six games this season due to a positive PED test. Um, Little man and the head coach, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, they don't get along pretty well. And now he's received a massive contract. And he has a torn ACL. And so um, there's been kind of thoughts and also the uh, GM, uh, Steve Kahn, he's taking a indefinite leave of absence from his GM duties to address some health concerns. And so um, that's just a thought going around, Calvin, that, you know, they put a lot of money in little man. Um, They put a lot of money in Cliff Kingsbury this just hadn't worked out. They have one of the oldest rosters in the NFL and, you know, a torn ACL to a guy who basically his mobility is his uh, weapon, you know, being able to avoid the rush and all those things uh, is key. And, you know, there's no timetable right now of when his return is so late in the season, you know, we know he's done this season and he might not really be back until maybe mid season of next year. And they don't definitely have any horses there that can uh, carry them during this time. So, what do you think about? You know, maybe it's time to, to break up the Cardinals.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Let's start. Let's start at the top with the GM and the coach. Um, having a coach like Cliff Kingsbury makes us really appreciate having a coach like John Harbaugh. And, right. You know, we not big fans of Harbaugh most of the time. So. Um, yeah, first of all, let me let me back up. I I kept when you finally you always called him little man. When you totally. finally put it in, so what we do is Garland will send me some notes um, of what we're going to discuss. When you finally put it in writing, I finally put it together that you are calling him little man. That um, Marlon Wayans played
0: in yes. the movie. Yes,
1: <laughs> Literally looks like him and was running around like. Him. When I saw that the other day, I. I could not stop laughing. I finally got it. It was like, oh my. God. <laughs> yes, I,
0: I'm calling him after the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo.
0: His so head big like it's yo, my little man. In the movie. When they show him walking into the stadium, I'd be like, yo, they go little man. <laughs> Uncle Damon Wayans. <laughs> that big-ass helmet and everything.
1: Right. <laughs> God, you're so wrong. <gasps> listen, I know Kyler didn't get hurt on purpose, and it's definitely a devastating injury because he's missing the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And like you said, more likely into next season. But I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that Kyler probably was wanting to take a break from Kingsbury for the rest of this season. Anyway, so right. he's not looking at the rest of this season as a total loss. I'll just say it that way. Um yeah, man. The, so breaking up the Cardinals is maybe a good idea, but let's let's look at their offense. I mean, they they got um their running back um Connor. Connor's yes. not bad. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. They actually have a very good receiving core. Um, Robbie Anderson can't quite get it, but when he does, he does. I, I mean, they, their receiving core isn't too bad. They got Zach Ertz as tight end. It's just, it's not bad. They have a they have a decent roster. So, you, I think it's really the coaching. Um, he's with that air raid offense that he got from um uh, wrestling. just got um just uh this week Mike, leach. Mike yeah Mike leach um so but it's just it's the coach man um and you know I've been a, a, a Kingsbury non-supporter all season um he's just he's just not he's just not good so yeah I hope he gets better um we in Baltimore know what it's like to have a running quarterback go down and not have his mobility because it, it really just changes the fortune of your entire season. Now they really weren't going anywhere. So shutting him down um, is definitely to his benefit and it doesn't really hurt the team. It actually can help you with the draft pick, but hopefully he gets better and they may break up the team. I think they're going to start with the coach and the GM first and then see what they have from there.
0: Yeah, it's a little crazy because they just have not drafted well or signed free agents well, and they just uh, re upped Kingsbury income. They got uh, extended last season, and so if they fire them, that's a lot of money to eat for a team that is not really a big revenue-producing team. Um, I was looking at another article on the Ringer, and they were talking about the team, and they like you know they took a look at the wide receivers. In this offense that you know Kingsbury was supposed to uh, bring in, and here are the moves that they've made at the position of wide receiver. They drafted Andy Isabella, they drafted Hakeem oh, on the Ravens, uh, He's in right. Ravens practice card. Uh, they drafted Hakeem Butler, they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, where they sent a second round pick and a fourth round pick and uh, running back David Johnson to the Texans. They signed AJ Green in uh, 2021, they drafted Rondale Moore uh in 2021 they traded for uh marquise hollywood brown and a 2022 third round they're sending a first round pick to the ravens that they picked uh used for uh, uh the center and they traded for robbie uh, anderson uh, sending a 2024 six round pick and a 2025 seven round pick to the panthers besides the hopkins trade which of these moves if any can be considered successful Uh, Butler and Isabella, both off the team. They were outplayed by a 2019 six-round receiver, uh, Kashawn Johnson, who is uh, also off the team. (laughs) Perhaps uh, Green's 54-catch, 848-yard, three-touchdown season can be considered a victory given how little he cost uh, last year. Moore is rarely used beyond the line of scrimmage. And Brown, he's on a 17-game pace of 113 catches and over uh, 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. But he's still 74th in the league in yards per route run. And so, you know, this offense, like you said, was supposed to be prolific, but it's not. They have not drafted well or developed well on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, And so, um, yeah, it might be time to... Go ahead and move on. But, you know, you have a lot of money you're going to have to pay out to people if you decide that you want to. Yeah, but if, if you think about that
1: wide receiver course, so we already know Hopkins is a monster. Marquise Brown is coming off of a 1,000-yard season, and he's projected to have another 1,000-yard season with him being hurt a lot of the season. Rondell Moore is not a bad slot receiver, and Robbie Anderson has hands. They're just not putting him in great route so I don't think the wide receiving core is bad I think it's definitely let's put it this way I would take that wide receiving core on the Ravens any day um not a bad wide receiving core they just don't it's just the plays that they're running and the coaching and it could be a little bit of Kyler Murray you know he's not he doesn't see over the defensive
0: line right small you know it could be a little bit not as durable he he starts off the season well but by the time you get to this point in the season he's he's kind of worn down he's not doing (laughs) the things that he's doing you know in the first four or five weeks of the season
1: he, and he starts becoming run first. Um, so yeah. oh, it, so it, it, it could be a little bit of the quarterback, too. So um, I don't think the wide receiving core is bad at all. Like, you know, I some of those moves that they make, I would have made. You got Robbie Anderson for damn near nothing. Um, now, the A.J. Green, he's just old. So, yeah, I agree that whatever he can give you, he can give you. I mean, he was already past his prime then. Um you got Marquise Brown for a little bit of high, but he is producing on pace to what they gave up for. So
0: I mean, it's not a bad wide receiving core. I just don't think they're utilizing them well. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with Lil Man and the rest of the uh ne- man. I'll never get over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's go to these picks, and you know, I had to. I'm, I'm gonna give credit with credit due. Calvin's little picks last week won. Uh, he had ten correct picks. I only had eight, and so you know, uh, he won the week. But you know, your boy. Overall, I'm still kind of you know, I'm kind of a big thing. Um, I'm a <laughs> I'm a bfd, but you know, uh, you know, Calvin. He's okay. He's okay. He's, <laughs> He's, he's coming out a little, little surely, but yeah, you know, I get credit where credit's due. You had 10 picks last week. What you called what the, my upset special? Wasn't it the Chargers game? Yep, you called the Chargers game correctly. I had the Dolphins in that game. You called the Chargers game correctly. Um, I don't think you had it the rest of the week. Uh, we both called the Lions over the Vikings and all I, I don't think that yeah, was too big of a Everybody over called that. Everybody called that. But yeah, you did. That was your upset special, and you called that correctly. And, um, yeah, so, you know, congratulations to you, man. You know, with your little wins and whatnot. <laughs> we both start off one uh, tied this week. Uh, we both picked the Niners in the uh, Thursday night game, and they delivered. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the... Um, The Miami Dolphins, they leave a sunny and warm South Beach to head up to Buffalo to play play the Bills where they're predicting snow and uh, wind chills in the teens. Um, You know, Bills definitely at home.
1: Yeah, definitely the Bills, but I am actually going to go online and I'm going to bet Dolphins um, in some... Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills here, but I'm going to bet Dolphins in some prop bets because they have to be, there has to be some prop bets that can gain me some real money, like a Tyreek Hill, hundred yards, you know, in a snow game from Miami, man, I could probably put on $5 and win $5,000
0: on a couple of these prop bets against Miami. Uh, There there you go. Uh, Calvin, the Greek he's doing it. The over under for that game is 43. And so we'll see what's going to happen. The spread is seven. So uh, we're going to see what happens on this one. Uh, and that's a Saturday game. And so this is the, the first couple of games we're going to talk about are the Saturday games. Uh, the Colts, uh, they're playing uh, this afternoon. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're the 1 o'clock game. They're going to be playing uh, the Vikings visiting Minnesota. That's indoors, so you don't have to worry about any weather. But uh, the Colts, the, the, the charging Saturdays, they're just not good. Uh, you know, um, they're a terrible team, and I'm going to
1: take the Vikes at home. Um, had the Vikings beat the Lions, I would have taken the Colts, but I don't see the Vikings losing two in a row to uh, not-so-good defenses. So I will definitely take the Vikings.
0: Okay. Uh, the Falcons, they visit New Orleans to play the Saints. This this this, uh, this is a toss-up. This is a rough game to call. I mean, both teams are terrible. Uh, the Falcons are starting their uh, rookie uh, draft team, uh Desmond Ritter, <laughs> and all and so. Um, not quite sure. Uh, you know, they're not playing um, Marcus Mariota. He's out with the injury. Uh, I'll take the Saints at home.
1: Yeah, they also called the uh, for the Falcons. Bitter is going to be their quarterback. A uh, barn injury. He's going to be their quarterback for the remainder of the season. So Baltimore, good to see him next week. Right. Wow. I'm gonna. I'm actually looking forward to Drake London versus uh Chris Olave, see which rookie receiver does well. But with you I'm going to take the Saints. I I don't know enough about Ritter, to Well, they're going to lean heavy on the run game. Um Yeah, I'm still take the Saints, but I'm with you. This is a toss-up game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh this is a, a big game. Uh the Giants, they visit DC to play the Commanders. Uh both of them are I believe let me take a quick peek at the standings. They are both 7 and 5. Uh, this win keeps at least one of them in contention in terms of a wild card in the uh, NFC. Uh, they tied the last game, so this will give uh, whoever wins this game the tiebreaker. Uh, I'm going to go ahead with commanders at home.
1: The vi- I mean, the uh, Giants have to win this game. Um, yeah, but Telehineke is very serviceable. I'm going to take the, the commanders also.
0: Okay. All right. Heineken is going to win at home. All right, uh, the Eagles. This is a a, a definite easy game. We um, we have to dress it up. Eagles are going to Chicago to play the Bears. I'll take the Eagles.
1: Because uh, Justin Fields is coming off injury, I will take the Eagles also.
0: All right, don't be crazy. All (laughs) right, (laughs) this is a good game. Lions, uh, they go to uh, the Meadowlands to play the Jets. I think the Lions and the Ravens, they're the I won't say they're the only two teams, but both of them have played both New York teams this year in the Meadowlands because the Ravens, they played the Jets to open the season. And then they played the Giants there and they lost that game to the Giants and uh, the Lions. They beat the uh, Giants earlier this season in the Meadowlands and now they come back again to play the Jets. And so uh, I said all that to say I think the Lions are going to win.
1: Um, Mike White is on injury. I don't think he's playing. If Mike White was playing, I would be taking the Jets, um, but I don't think he is. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, they officially ruled him out. Uh, Your boy uh, is going to be starting for them. Flacco is going to be number two. And so um, that's already been decided that Zach Wilson will make his return under center on this game on Sunday. Uh, The Steelers uh, visit Carolina to get some uh, college and uh, some barbecue, and then they're going to play the Panthers. Uh, The Panthers are actually playing pretty well. Uh, The Steelers, um, Mitch uh, Trubisky is um, horrible. Three interceptions last week against the Ravens. And, I mean, he was so bad that they think that Mason Rudolph is a – better quarterback and he might start and so uh, if you have to pick between Mason Rudolph and uh, Trubisky you know that uh, you're in bad uh, position and so I'm going to take the Panthers in this game
1: first of all I I don't know why you all are so bad on Mitch Trubisky he (laughs) was the best Ravens quarterback we had last week he did he He hit three of our receivers right in stride he outplayed um, Huntley and Anthony Brown for the Ravens. He
0: threw
1: he threw the Ravens receivers more than they did. So I'm going Panthers because Trapitsky is horrible, and Mason Rudolph ain't that much better.
0: There you go. Uh, Cowboys, they go down to Duval to play the uh, Jaguars. Jaguars coming off a big win last week over the Titans. Uh, the Cowboys held on last week versus the Texans uh cowboys they are playing very well they are 10 and 3 yes 10 and 3 this season so far um i don't i don't think this is a trap game i I think the cowboys go down there and they handle their business i'm picking the boys let me get my lee corso on not so fast (laughs) (laughs) all right remember you was hanging with the jaguars earlier this year and you know they're good for going and losing three or four when you pick them as uh as a winner I was, but this is
1: going to be my upset specialist. Huh? I'm taking the Jaguars. Now, I will say the key for the Cowboys to win this game is throwing to uh, the tight end, throwing to uh, my guy, um, gosh, Schultz, Dalton Schultz. Yes. Mm-hmm. If they if they feed Dalton Schultz enough, it's not going to be close. But um, I think the Jaguars can win this game. I'm taking Jacksonville.
0: All right. All right. Upset special. You heard it here first. Uh, the Chiefs go to Houston to play the Texans. <laughs> Chiefs all day.
1: Yeah, it's not even it's just give me to the Kansas City Mahomes.
0: There you go. Uh, The Cardinals, they are are going to Denver to play the Broncos. Your boy, Russ Wilson, although he's out of concussion protocol, he will not start this game. And we know little man, he's out for the season with the torn uh, ACL. And so that means uh, Colt McCoy will be the starter for the rest of the season for the Cardinals. Uh, You know what? This is my upset special. I'm going to take the Broncos. (laughs) So it's an upset special I <laughs> know I'm just I'm trying to make stuff up uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're reaching for this one bro is it either team ain't no upset like right. this might be a, a nine-9 tie at the end of the game <laughs> uh, if, if you taking the Broncos just to be different I'll go ahead and take uh the Cardinals all right all yeah I, I Listen, I don't believe in them, but I'll ju- I'll just take the Cardinals.
0: Okay, uh, the Bengals they visit uh, Tampa to play the Bucks. No, I'm sorry, I, sw- I jumped over a game. Let me go back. Uh, Titans they are in SoFi in LA to play the Chargers. Chargers won a big game uh, last week over the Dolphins. Uh, Titans ain't got much but just um, oh boy, uh, Henry running the ball. I'm gonna take the Chargers in this one.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Chargers.
0: Chargers all right. All right, uh, now the Bengals, they go down to Tampa to play uh, the Tom Brady's. Uh, The Bengals, uh, they're just on a a roll, man, and uh, it's tough for the Ravens. Ravens got to win every week right now, and uh, the Bengals are hot and taking the Bengals. Not so fast. Not so fast. All right. I think the Bengals
1: are going to fall in this. I I have no. I usually can give you some analysis that I got. I have no analysis.
0: This, this is a two, these are two upset specials.
1: Yeah. Ex- only analysis is that Tom Brady was embarrassed last week and he stormed out of the locker room. There were articles about it. I think Tom Brady is going to dig down and get that that old Patriots magic and beat the Bengals in Tampa.
0: All right. Uh, The Patriots, they head out to Las Vegas to play their former offensive coordinator. Uh, And uh, the Patriots, although the the Raiders, they have the better offense uh, in terms of weapons. um, Yeah, the the Raiders are just sucky. And so I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. I'll take the Patriots also. All right. I think defense stands out in this one. And the uh, 4.30 uh, game today, as a matter of fact, I was trying to convince a couple of my friends to drive up to Cleveland today to get uh, tickets for the game because I saw on Twitter that seats were as low as $8 for this game.
1: Always when Baltimore goes to Cleveland. It's usually when Cleveland is out of it. and Yes. They're always, always cheap tickets. There was one year we saw tickets for like $6.
0: Yeah. Always. Oh. Yeah, but uh, the the two guys I was trying to convince to go, they they both have toddlers in their home. Just like, you know, you're a grandparent and you, you got someone, your landlord is running your house. Yeah, land- uh, yeah they have landlords too. And <laughs> um, there was, was like, uh, Garland's an empty nester. He can always go places if you guys can. <laughs> and so uh, they got, uh, no. And so, uh, yeah, I. I'm taking the Ravens on this one. I think the run game is enough to keep them. I think the Bengals, I mean, excuse me, uh, the Browns, they're on their way. They're making vacation plans. Uh, You know, what's going to happen after their last game? They're heading to Cancun, one, two, three, Cancun. Uh, I think this is, you know, this season's pretty much over. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if um, Mr. Massage Man, he has a decent game. Um, you know, because the Ravens' weakness is we love to turn wide receivers into all pros, and so you know I, we might struggle there a little bit. But I, I think it's a close game. I think you know this is a typical Ravens win, sixteen to fourteen, something like that. But I, I'm picking the Ravens. Um,
1: so the only thing that scares me about this game, if Amari Cooper plays, I would be I'm going to be a little more hesitant on the Ravens win. We don't know if he's going to play, but uh, Jones Peoples. He, he's been playing well, but if Cooper plays, Jones Peoples will get matched up with Marcus Peters and will tear his ass up again like he did the first game. Um, mm-hmm. Also, in Joku's back, um, he hasn't been fully healthy, but he's, in ba- he's back and he tore them up the first game also. He just went out with injury. Um, but I don't believe in Deshaun Watson enough, and I think the Ravens linebacker core, um, the way they impacted defense should be enough. Yeah. Um, I'll take the Ravens. I'm with you in a close game, um, but I, I got a, I got a, even a lower score. I got a close game, like a 10-7, 6-7, uh, something like that. I don't think oh. each team is going to really move the ball at will um, mm-hmm. like they would want to. Uh,
0: the over and under is uh, 38.5 for this game, so then I, I think it's going to be a lot of points for this game.
1: Yeah, I'll take the under easily on that.
0: Okay, and the Monday night game, uh, the Rams uh, with Baker Mayfield off of his big uh, win uh, a week ago. Uh, they come to uh, Green Bay to play the Packers. Again, uh, a, a West Coast team, warm weather team, going to a place where it's going to be frozen to play a night game. I- I'm going to take the Pack. Yeah, Packers coming off the of bye, and Kristen Watson, their rookie wide receiver, is a monster. Right, putting in work. He's going to have his way with the Rams. Um, Give me the Packers also. All right, fantastic. So real quickly, uh, we both take the Bills over the Dolphins, the Vikings over the Colts, the Saints over the Falcons, the Commanders over the Giants, the Eagles over the Bears, the Lions over the Jets, the Panthers over the Steelers. Uh, Calvin's upset special is the Jaguars over the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, We both take the Chiefs over the Titans. Uh, I'm taking the Broncos over the Cardinals. Calvin's taking the opposite. He's taking the Cardinals over the Broncos. We both take the Chargers over the Titans. Uh, We split again. Uh, Calvin's taking uh, the the, uh, Tom Brady's over the Bengals at home. I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, We both take the Patriots over the Raiders. Uh, Of course, we're taking the home team, Ravens, over the Browns. And we're both taking the Packers over the Rams. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, come on, yo, you go first. Yeah, man, I
1: gotta come on, yo. My come on, yo, is for um, it's, it's so it's not first take on Fox Sports Network. I forgot what it's called, but it's Shannon Sharp and yeah. Uh, uh what's the white guy name? Jeez, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, you know, Shannon Sharp's skip, big, skip. Skip. Skip Baylor. Bayless. Skip. Skip. Uh, shannon sharp and skip Bailey. undefeated this undefeated this past week um they were getting they were having a debate over tom brady and of course shannon sharp said that he was having a bad season and skip just went in and made this personal uh you don't like tom brady because he's a much better player than you were uh you retired at 35 because you couldn't play to 45 like And you could kind of see that Skip was smiling like he was just trying to egg him on. Skip crosses the line too many times for me. And this one, you could see Shannon Sharp was really like despondent and and like, what are you doing? Shannon Sharp is a Hall of Famer. And if you've ever seen Shannon Sharp play, Shannon Sharp was a monster. He was a monster tight end in Denver, came to the Ravens and in his first year with the Ravens, Won a Super Bowl with an offense that wasn't even that good, but he was a shining star on the offense. Played another year or two with the Ravens, then went back to the Broncos and won another ring with them. Shannon Sharp is a gold jacket Hall of Famer with three Super Bowl rings, one of the best tight ends ever, and was a pure beast on the field. Was the guy that that brought to light the creatine phase that everyone's still using right. to uh work out with. And for Skip Bayless to reduce his career to "you're jealous of Tom Brady," for what? Yeah, Tom Brady's going to be a Hall of Fame, but yeah, Tom Brady does have seven rings. But Shannon Sharp has nothing to be uh, ashamed about. His brother, Sterling Sharp, was a beast with the Packers. Probably There's would have been a Hall of Famer that family has to be ashamed about, and for Skip Bayless to treat him that way and reduce him to that. Is very, very disrespectful. Skip Bayless has done nothing in the arena of sports. Now, just like we have a podcast, we all get on and we debate and we talk about players. We laugh and joke about players. But there has to be a level of respect that you have for what they do. Um, I agree with Jalen Rose one day, and he did this to Skip Bayless because Skip Bayless has always crossed the line. He told Skip that no NBA player, is a bum or scrub just to make it to that level you have to be a very very good player the elite in the world you may not be as good as another player you may uh your career may suffer you may not work as hard but you're not a bum and skip bayless has a way of reducing these players many players have gotten on there to call him out if i was shannon sharp I would actually leave the show because of this. It would have to be me or him because it was completely disrespectful. Um, it had no weight to it, and it's a debate show. And Tom Brady is having a bad year. There was nothing that Shannon said that was incorrect. Um, Shannon Sharp deserves an apology. Skip Bayless needs to apologize to him. Um, and Skip Bayless has gone too too far this time. He's he's old. He's the one that uh if you remember at the beginning of his career as a sports writer he's the one that questioned troy aikman's sexuality which at the time if you you know if you do that now you kind of like people might talk about but which at the time was a major story um and it i think it kind of hurt troy aikman's um endorsements at that time but come on y'all come on on like really That, that That was a bad take. That was a bad take for you to do that to Shannon Sharp. And then you're defending a guy like get his balls out your mouth, sir. Like, what are you? Come on. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know, these debate shows, you know, they always, sometimes they go across the line and gets kind of personal. I agree with you. You know, you, you know, I, I, I love the argument. I love, you know, people having different viewpoints, but you know, let's keep it respectful. You know, cause I already told you, you know, how I feel about, you know, to me, when I hear someone's their response to me having a different opinion is you're a hater, that says to me that you, you basically you don't have a counter argument. Exactly. And and uh a lot of times on these shows they don't have the counter argument. It's just let's just do things to get clicks or views or what have you. And, it does definitely cross the line. You know, Shannon Sharps a Hall of Fame, but we got to give him a little bit more respect than that. Um, Here's my come on, yo. Um, You know, uh, and it's about college football. It's, it's about the bowl season. We're in bowl season right now. And, you know, for a lot of these college teams, everything that they've done all season has led up to this game. The Linden Tree Bowl. Or maybe it's the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Presented by Stiefel, or maybe it is the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. These teams worked all season long so they can get six wins and the opportunity to play in the postseason. At least that's what you know. Bowl games are supposed to be the culmination of a season, but their importance has been diminishing for a while. You know when there was just you know one title game there was still plenty of prestige playing in a a bowl game. You know, it really meant something, you know, only two teams make it to the championship game. And so there was, or to the bowl game. And so there wasn't any shame in not being one of those two. Uh, With the addition of the uh, college football playoff, they become less important. The bowl games really don't mean anything. And with the uh, playoff system going to be expanding to 12 teams, um, you know, a lot of these bowl games, Calvin, I think they could be on their way out. And so how's anybody supposed to have any energy to care about the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl when they are 11 playoff games? <laughs> you know, nobody's going to care about that. And so players who know that they're going to get drafted, you know, they're opting out of these games so they don't risk injury. And a lot of these places where there's been coaching uh, change decisions um, for some weird uh, reason, they're letting, you know, them go and they're getting other people to coach the uh, teams and players can even enter the transfer portal before the bowl game for some real uh, weird reason. Like I Notre Dames quarterback, he went into the transfer portal before the bowl season. And so um some have even speculated that the record number of transfers uh, they could be worse, uh, giving us one of the worst bowl seasons ever. And so, come on, y'all, let's just stop all these dumb bowl games. Uh, ESPN, I know you're trying to feed uh, the beast because you got all of these bowl games in this bowl season, and but don't nobody care about the Duke's Mayo Bowl or the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Or the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, or the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, or the uh, Tri City, um, the TransPerfect Music City Bowl. Nobody cares about the Cheez It Bowl or the Bad Boy uh, Moes Pinstripe Bowl. Ah, oh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Oh my goodness, uh, this is a, the Quick Lane Bowl. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Okay. All right. The Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Oh, my goodness. These are actual bowls, Calvin, that I'm reading right now. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. This is That's a new one. Oh, my God. Yeah, so let's stop with these bowls. Come on, y'all. We don't care anymore especially when we get the, to these additional playoff games, it's not going to make any difference. And so those bowls, they had their little run great. You won six games and you know, yeah, you get to go somewhere and you know uh, you got your parents in the stand watching you. Like I was just watching the other day. There was a, uh, the first bowl game was in the Bahamas. Did you see that? You probably was at work. I happened to be working from home yesterday. And so uh, the first bowl game was the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yo, it's time. It's time to stop. And the second bowl game yesterday was the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. I ain't never. All right, yo, come on, yo. Stop it. The, hey, today is the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. So if you like wasabi, watch that. So Come on, yo. You mean I should, because I, I was asked
1: to help sponsor the Crispy Crunchy Marathon Fuel <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> sponsored sponsored by Greek Village between Morgan and Coppin. You
0: mean I shouldn't put my money into that? Uh, no, I, I don't think you should put your money <laughs> into... Yeah, I saw that the Hip Hop Chicken is going to have a bowl next year. The Hip Hop Chicken Bowl is going to be Dunbar versus uh, Southwestern. By the way, crispy crunchy
1: chicken at these gas stations is actually really good. Is, but it's actually really good. They should have
0: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> be cheesesteak sub bowl next year. It's a uh, so it's, uh, uh, chicken box bowl. Sponsored ra- by uh, salt pepper ketchup and half and
1: half. Royal carry out chicken box bowl.
0: <laughs> yes. So, yeah, come on, yo. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's start with these bowls. Stop. Y'all gotta yeah, I got to
1: stop. It's definitely too many bowls, and these players, like you said, they're opting out
0: anyway. Um, yeah. Tony the Tiger got a bowl. Tony, is, y'all not even going to call it Frosted Flakes Bowl? you? So here's the funny thing about some of
1: these bowls. Um, and I can't remember which one in particular they were talking about when I first heard this report. But just like I'll I'll go to the Tony Ti- Tony the Tiger Bowl. Mm-hmm. So the players were playing these bowls, and you know they get gifts from the sponsors. Right. So like the Tony the Tiger Bowl, they would get like a year supply of uh, frosted flicks. That would be. Wow. Like, yeah That would be like their gift from the sponsor. Like diabetes in the bowl, you can't
0: beat it. <laughs> They're great. (laughs) They're great for my blood sugar.
1: so come on yo thank you all for joining us this is actually going to be our our last podcast for 2022 Um, next Saturday is Christmas Eve and then the following Saturday is New Year's Eve so we're just going to go ahead and take a break and we'll rejoin you all with the podcast in 2023 and we'll also rejoin you all with the broadcast in 2023 so we definitely hope everyone has a very very happy holidays and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year Um, make that you do everything you're supposed to do relax get out have some fun enjoy yeah, your family, family. You know? Do just do everything you're supposed to do anything you want to say to the people before we
0: sign off for the rest of the year uh nothing man you know i just want to go ahead put some christmas music on give a shout out to my partner calvin man it's been great man and let's continue to do great things in 2023
1: Hey, man, I agree. I'm mad that you won't play Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You won't play some
0: Christmas music. You were supposed to start off, in my mind. What? <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went the other way. I went with the other gold standard for Christmas albums, the Jackson 5 Christmas This is album. true. This
1: is true. And it is all good, man. So, hey, I wish you the best to your family for the rest of the year. We'll see each other probably at the game next week. Um, yes. So, you know the Ravens-Falcons game. So, hey, until then, All Things Black presents Fanboys. I'm Calvin. And, <laughs> and the over there is Garland. And again, we hope you all have a wonderful end of the year and a great Christmas. And we will talk to you all soon. Later, Garland. Tell the family <laughs> happy holidays.
0: Same to you, bro. Peace. You have been listening to Fanboys and All Things Black with Garland and Calvin Production. Thank you for listening and make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms.